It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, along with my co-host, James Rapine, your daily podcast on all things Cincinnati Bengals. And hey, it's your first preview of the 2020 season and the last episode you're going to get from us until we do our recap on Sunday. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays, or watch the entire game in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Head on over to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. James, we've got to talk about the injuries to start today's show, unfortunately, because what started off for me as mild concern over Geno Atkins, Mike Daniels, has expanded a little bit as the injury report hasn't tremendously improved after Thursday's practice. After that, we'll get into the rest of the game because there is football to be played in just, depending on when you're listening to this, three, two short days away. In fact, as we record this on Thursday, there's a football game tonight, which is thrilling. But we will preview that Chargers-Bengals game in today's episode, the first preview episode, James Rapine, of the 2020 season. Woo! It's here, Jake. It is here. Woo with me. Man, oh man, final episode before week one. It is here, and even though the injuries are a little gloom, I am not. I'm excited. And we'll get the woo from me when the Bengals win this weekend. Let's start with that injury report, James. The headliner, certainly, on this entire injury report for for negative reasons is Geno Atkins, who remained a non-participant in practice Thursday with that shoulder injury after he didn't practice Wednesday. And if this was a Marvin Lewis coach team, you could almost all but write off Geno for this Sunday's game against the Chargers. Zach Taylor, on the other hand, if we get any participation from Geno on Friday, we might see it come down to a game-time decision. But again, the the thing that gives me hope here is the way they shape the 53-man roster. They're carrying extra weight at linebacker and wide receiver, and if they were not sure they'd have Geno, they could have put another guy in that roster spot. Right. I I totally see where you're coming from. And yet after Thursday, after he didn't have his helmet and didn't do anything, I am a bit concerned, which is much, much different than I was after Wednesday's practice. Look, it is going to come down to Friday if he's even limited, officially limited. I will expect Geno Atkins to be out there. But it's pretty clear now. And I know you've been on this bandwagon, this idea that Zach Taylor is the Pied Piper and he's pressing all the right rest buttons 
with Geno Atkins, well, clearly that shoulder's bothering him. All right. He's he's I don't want to say he's injured, but he's hurt. Okay, that shoulder is hurt in, in where he's at. I don't think anyone really knows besides maybe Gino, a coach or two, and the medical staff. But if they don't have him on Sunday, that changes everything. I mean, you need Gino Atkins, and, and I hope what Zach's doing is what he's done throughout camp with T. Higgins and A.J. Green and John Ross and all these guys, which is let's take as much precaution as we can, especially because it's not just Sunday's game. The Bengals play Sunday at 4.05. They'll be getting off the field if it's a regular game around 7.30 Eastern time. Four days later, almost to the hour, they're going to be on the field for kickoff on Thursday night football in Cleveland with the Browns. So resting Geno Atkins as much as possible, I get it, especially if he's dealing with the shoulder. But I am a bit concerned going into Friday. At this point, you have to be. It started off, again, as I said, mild concern. And the fact that he's still a non-participant in practice certainly heightens that concern because this is the same exact status as Sean Williams has. He's been dealing with that calf injury. But at least Sean Williams, even today, he was working on the rehab field on Mm -hmm. Thursday. So none of that at all from Geno, which could mean that maybe it's just a rest thing. But even with AJ Green, for example, in training camp, we saw him do nothing but stand around for a few days. Then he went to the rehab field. Then he came back to practice. Not saying that the same steps need to happen for Geno Atkins. It could be, as you said, purely precautionary. We won't know that until really Friday, maybe not even until Sunday, but definitely something that bears watching at this point. And man, it's a relief that at least at this point, they've got DJ Reader there. Because it used to be that when Gino wasn't on the field, it wasn't just a pass rushing issue. It was, you can do whatever you want to the middle of this defense. Because Gino was so important for point of attack. And now at least they've got DJ Reader there if Gino can't go. A couple others that show up on the injury report. Mike Daniels upgraded from a non-participant to a limited participant with that groin injury. And Darius Phillips showing up with a knee injury. And of course, that is significant because LaShawn Sims, still away from the team potentially for personal reasons, the Bengals could be down two corners if this is something serious for Phillips. At least he was a limited participant, but it is something to monitor because he was a full participant on Wednesday. Now he goes back, you know, downgraded a little bit here. I, I'm not as concerned there, but given Phillips's history, I guess I should be <laughs> because you just don't know. And yeah, LaShawn Sims out due to personal reasons. They're weak at corner. You know, if Phillips is less than 100%, and this isn't just some kind of precautionary thing, man, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, because it, it does seem like, and I don't know if he's for sure going to play or not, as we record this, we don't know. But if they have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out there for the Chargers, and you got to deal with Austin Eckler, that's tough. William Jackson can only guard one of those guys. <laughs> you know, Mackenzie Alexander's only guarding you know, Keenan Allen when he's in the slot. So that's uh, that's going to be a very tough, uh, tough ask if Phillips is less than 100% or if he can't play. The last note here on Thursday's injury report is that Carlos Dunlap, who was a non-participant on Wednesday for non-injury-related reasons, he was just getting a rest day, was a full go on Thursday So at least all systems go for Carlos Dunlap as this team gears up for week one in Paul Brown Stadium. Coming up next, we've talked about the matchups, but it is now time to preview the game. We're going to get a prediction from James Rapine, who is, unlike me, in the 
prediction business, and we're going to talk about what we're looking for in the Bengals' 2020 debut. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays or see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes going inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the NFL's best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, and Devontae Adams. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles, joints, in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to get the support you need where it matters most. To make it even easier to try this amazing duel of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of Locked On Bengals listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. James, I'm not going to woo, but... I think it's abundantly clear to people at this point that I'm very excited to be talking about football, that that we get to watch a game, that I get to watch some tape. I'm probably going to watch this game like 50 times. But the first thing that I'm going to be looking for is obviously how Joe Burrow plays. But there's a lot to watch, and we'll talk about the things that we're going to be paying a lot of attention to. But before we get into that, James... Casey Hayward spoke to the media in Los Angeles today. He said that the Bengals have one of the best groups of skill players that they're going to see all season. He compared the skill players in Cincinnati to the skill players in Kansas City. And Casey Hayward, one of the best corners in the league, it's nice to hear. And, and again, you know, no, don't, that he doesn't want to give the Bengals bulletin board material, obviously, but it's nice to hear praise like this when we've been talking up this skill group for so long. It is. It's not only nice to hear, I think it reinforces almost the, the Homer opinions about how, how, uh, how talented this group is, right? You almost feel like a Homer when you're drooling about a wide receiver core that includes two guys that have been injured for most of the past three seasons. And yet the talent is there. That's a fact. Like they are great. AJ green is 100% healthy. It looked like a track star when I saw him the last time he was working out. And so you, you hope that health is there, but that's the question mark. Other than that, there's no reason to doubt this wide receiver group because of how great AJ green is. We know what Tyler Boyd brings. Speaking of green, he went out of his way to praise John Ross 
during his news conference with the media on Thursday. And I think it was Paul Daner Jr. of The Athletic asked Green what player he thought would break out or was poised for a breakout on this roster. And he didn't have to say John Ross, but he did. And so you look at this skill group. We know what Auden Tate's capable of. He's certainly built a, a good rapport with Joe Burrow. Mike Thomas at the back end of the room. Top to bottom, yeah, the Bengals wide receivers are loaded. And then we know what Joe Mixon is. So I, I don't blame any defensive back that uh, that looks at these Bengals skill players and says, whew, we're going to have our hands full. The key, to, key is health, but the talent is certainly there. We were talking to Dan Wade yesterday from Lockdown Chargers, and of course this this is a Gus Bradley defense, and the expectation is that Joe Burrow is going to face a ton of cover three, and and that's what the Chargers are are known for with with this guy running their defense. They're pretty familiar with Joe Burrow, of course. They watched his college tape very closely when they were evaluating quarterbacks this year in case they were going to buy any of the Joe Burrow, Eli Manning bullshit that dan patrick and other members of the media perpetuated <laughs> or or maybe the the idea from the senior bowl that the bengals really like justin herbert obviously joe burrow at this point by far the best prospect out of any of these guys because he's actually starting in week one and and there's really no questions about that whereas Tua Tungavailoa and, and Justin Herbert couldn't beat out journeymen, respectively, and maybe that was better competition than Ryan Finley, but nonetheless, Joe Burrow is the only rookie that we're going to get this week. The point of all this is to say, I think that both sides, despite not having any preseason tape, despite not having any regular season tape yet, and there will be wrinkles on both sides, I think that they'll actually be somewhat familiar with what the other side is going to try to do. The Chargers last year didn't blitz. They relied on Joey Bosa to get pressure. They add Limval Joseph this year, which some Chargers fans have hyped up a little bit. And and to me, let's see what he has left in the tank because he hasn't been good since 2018. Meanwhile, the Chargers and everyone in the world watched LSU's title run last year and they know what Zach Taylor's offense was last year. So so everyone kind of, I think, knows what the other side's going to do. And it's going to probably come down to those wrinkles in execution. It's exactly what it's going to come down to. And I agree that even though you don't have film, you have at least an idea. There might be a couple wrinkles, a couple tricks, and that's going to be a big key in this matchup as well, as well as how do these coaches adjust, right? Zach Taylor, I hope he has a haymaker or two within those first 15 plays, those scripted plays that every offense has going into the you know each game. I hope there is a haymaker in there. And I hope they get off to a hot start. But you better believe the Chargers and Anthony Lynn are going to adjust. So then flip it. How is that going to – how are the Bengals going to do it? And it is going to be – everyone says it's a game of adjustments. But especially this week when you're kind of going in blind, really specifically with the Chargers. Because, again, you you expect certain things to with Burrow, but you haven't watched him in the preseason. You expect certain things with Green – but he didn't play at all last year. He hasn't, you know, he just went through his full first full practice with Zach Taylor as head coach of the Bengals this week. How about that? <laughs> you know, so it's nuts. So th- there will be adjustments that, that have to be made. And that's why coaching in this matchup, we're going to learn a lot about Zach Taylor all season long. But I think Anthony Lynn's a, a pretty good coach and the Chargers have a pretty good coaching staff. You mentioned Gus Bradley. It's, 
we're going to learn a lot about the Bengals coaching staff, I think, and how they can adjust uh, on the fly with the team that they should be not only competitive against, but that they should have uh, a real shot to win on Sunday. Fun fact, Gus Bradley, I think, coached with Joe Burrow's dad at North Dakota mm-hmm. State. He did. And Joe uh, talked about this the other day. The one NFL game that Joe has been to was a Brown-Seattle game. I believe it was in like 2011, 2012 in that range. And it was because Gus Bradley, who was the D.C. in Seattle then, he got them tickets. And, and that's how, how they got to go. How about that? All these, all these people so connected in the NFL sphere. I mean, I just saw a thing that says Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's nephew, Arch Manning, this 15-year-old kid, is already the top-rated quarterback in, in his class. I mean, it's just the, the, the genes for football and, and the family connection is just so strong. You see it throughout the league, sometimes to the detriment of the league with some of the hires that look a little nepotistic at times. But it's, it's always fascinating when you see these connections and realize how far back these guys go together. It's a small world, right? Especially in the world of football. And not just the world of football, but you're talking about the elite of the elite. Like, of course, Joe Burrow, who was dominant in high school, and played at Ohio State and then was dominant at LSU and his dad was a college coach. Of course they'll have connections, right? But you you really don't think of it. It, it is hard to think of it that way. But when you look at the, the track records, of course they're going to have a lot of co- uh, connections in college and, and NFL football. So it's uh, I'm sure this won't be the only time that we connect the dots between number nine and someone this season. Especially after his meteoric rise to fame last year. We've said a few times on this podcast, the Bengals have never had a superstar quite like Joe Burrow before. And and you can talk about Chad Johnson a little bit, but Chad wasn't a quarterback. Chad didn't drag a team, not drag a team, that's not, that's not fair to LSU, but take a team on his shoulders to the national championship the way Joe Burrow did. So it's going to be different. And it's something that we're going to have to get used to with Joe Burrow, superstar quarterback, before he's even taken an NFL snap, team captain, before he's even taken an NFL snap leading this team. James, I know you like to give predictions. I like to talk about, I don't know, probabilities. I like to talk about things that I'm watching for. Let's get into some keys to the game, some things that we think will turn the tide of the matchup and get your week one prediction coming up next. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. 
If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with my bookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. I'm going to give my prediction for Sunday's matchup. Bengals-Chargers at Paul Brown Stadium coming up. Jake doesn't give predictions, so we're going to talk about what we're watching for uh, over the next couple of minutes here on the pod. And, and I think... I'll give you a hint, Jake. If if Gino plays, I'm going to feel much, much better about the Bengals' chances than if he doesn't. How about that for a take? Yeah, that that's uh, <laughs> that's typical hot take James stuff. But you know what? I'm going to leave this in the podcast. I'm going to let that go to air, and you'll have to live with that, okay? <laughs> I'm fine with that. Hey, that's what lukewarm obvi- Captain Obvious take. Bengals captain's laughing right now. Yeah, on the on the one day he listens to this podcast, j- just for this moment, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's getting a kick out of it. So, you know what I was looking at the other day? I was reading some comments on the internet, which I know you're not supposed to ever do, but th- there's a lot of people that think the Chargers roster, John Sharon actually is one of these people. I, I was listening to him and uh, Anthony Casenza talk with, talk with Ben Baby last night on YouTube, and John says, you know, I, I think I think Los Angeles, the Chargers have a better roster. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, without Derwin James, I'm not really sure if that's true. And and, and we kind of I kind of thinking through the units, right? Like I'll take the Bengals wide receivers. You you give you give the Chargers tight ends. I think it's pretty close to a wash at running back just because of how good Austin Eckler was, but I wouldn't begrudge you if you said, "Hey, Joe Mixon, what the hell are you talking about, Jake?" Obviously, I'm taking Joe Mixon. Offensive line, as bad as the Bengals are, Chargers, just as bad. There's Brian Bulaga on the right side for the Chargers and a bunch of question marks. I guess Trey Turner's okay. For the Bengals, you have Jonah Williams, who, sure, is a bit of a question mark, but you expect him to be pretty good. You got Trey Hopkins and a bunch of question marks. So so pretty similar wash to me at offensive line. And honestly, I think that Joe Burrow could be a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor from day one. Maybe not. Maybe that's me being blinded by the star of Joe Burrow, but it's close, right? And that's just one side of the ball, right? And, and how many of those positions are clearly chargers? One, tight end. And, and the, other, the other main difference on the defensive side of the ball, the, the chargers corners clearly better. Linebackers, probably a wash. Defensive line, to me, probably a wash because the Bengals have depth where the chargers have a star in Joey Bosa. And without Derwin James, I'm taking the Bengals safeties. So overall, 
I think that that means I believe the Bengals have a better roster. And, and maybe that's me being blinded by a team that I'm paying more attention to than anyone else. Or, or maybe that's a little bit true. It's certainly close and it's up for debate. And I, I don't even know if it's clear cut because without Derwin James out, the Chargers defense is pretty top heavy to me, right? You have like three or four really high end elite players or, you know, two to three and then yeah. a couple really good ones. And then that's it uh, on offense. Look, Baker Mayfield was better than Tyrod Taylor in training camp. He didn't get the start. Right. He, he was better. And, and everybody in, in Cleveland was clamoring for him a couple years ago. And Hugh went with Tyrod because he was coaching for his job and it was a veteran. So, yeah, I mean, I think Joe Burrow could certainly from day one be better than Tyrod Taylor. What it's going to come down to for me is coaching in tight games. You're talking about a Bengals team that last year was in a bunch of tight games and they lost it. Well, now and you just pointed it out, they have the talent. The talent is there, and, and this is assuming Geno plays. But on both ends, look, if, you need to, if you're up three, that defensive line needs to do its damn job and get the tie rod and, and clamp, put the clamps down on Austin Eckler and, and end the game and put the game away. And if it's the other way, well, you have the weapons and you have a guy that will not flinch, and I do not believe Joe Burrow will flinch if the game's on the line and the Bengals are down three with three minutes to go. So, yeah, it, it's going to be on this coaching staff, I think, to a – a really large degree to get a win in these circumstances. But from a talent standpoint, I agree with you. I think it's they're neck and neck since Derwin is out. And, you know, we don't know with Gino yet. We don't know with Mike Williams yet, but uh, regardless, I think it's pretty close talent wise. It's just a lot closer. I think than, than you might think. And, and, and the chargers do the, the cornerback position, incredibly important. The chargers have a clear advantage there. And having Joey Bosa might make up for the depth the Bengals have that, that maybe makes that close to a wash. And, and maybe from a matchup perspective, Austin Eckler is scarier than, than anything the Bengals can throw at the Chargers. Maybe not, but, but there is that unique challenge we've talked about where the Bengals have an issue with tight ends and with running backs, and, and I expect that to be a problem this weekend. The other thing worth noting, by the way, we've talked about Geno Atkins potentially missing time. Mike Pouncey. Hasn't practiced for two days. No word yet on Mike Williams on Thursday out of L.A. As of the time of recording, James is holding up his hand as if we have an announcement. James. We do. Mike Mike Williams was limited on Thursday with the shoulder. So there you go. We've learned nothing about Mike Williams' status. He may or may not play. If it's anything like yesterday, I'm beginning to think this is some sort of elaborate ruse. But I, I don't really see the competitive advantage of the Bengals preparing for Mike Williams because it only gets worse if he doesn't play, maybe, maybe there's something to do with tight end matchups that, that they think that, I don't know, pr- probably not a whole lot of gamesmanship here actually. And I, because I don't really see what the benefit would be, but we'll keep an eye on Mike Williams. We're keeping an eye on Geno Atkins. And it sounds to me like Mike Pouncey is, is in a similar situation to Atkins, unless it's another minor precautionary kind of thing. And and that would force Dan Feeney into the lineup, most likely for the Chargers at center, which means that left side of the offensive line for the Chargers is going to be a hot mess. Like an absolute, like we're talking worse than Bengals 2019 mess, potentially. Maybe like Ryan Finley game mess, you know, that, that kind <laughs> of bad. So there is a possibility that some of these some of these matchups could start looking a little juicier for the Bengals. We'll have to see on Sunday. James, 
Are you ready to talk about what you're expecting out of Joe Burrow, out of this Bengals defense that was much maligned, that, that started to get things together against the Chargers this weekend? Absolutely, I'm ready. I've been waiting for this for months, uh, 100% ready. Let's start with with defense, right? Because that's outside of Burrow, the Bengals have been really focused over the past eight months on in bolstering that defense, and they did just that. Look, Geno Atkins, I'm going to lean towards him playing still, but on Wednesday I would have said 90 to 95%. I've dropped that dramatically. I'm at like 65. I'm pretty. Da- I'm kind of doubting it. And we'll we'll know more by uh, Friday around noon or so uh, on on Geno Atkins' status at, at least as it pertains to practice. But you're right with the Chargers' offensive line being what it is. If Atkins is out there, if Dunlap well Dunlap will be out there, but if he's next to Reader with Dunlap and Hubbard and Carl Lawson, who's 100% and really looking to prove something this year. And then that next level with Mike Daniels coming in and that rotation. And I, I think Christian Covington, there's a chance he's active the way he's picking up the playbook. I like that defensive line. And, and so we focus so much on Bosa and the Bengals offensive line, but I think the Bengals defensive line can win big Sunday. And the Chargers are going to try to run the ball a lot. And, and that's exactly what this Bengals defense is retrofitted to tackle, literally tackle. Like the, the problem that they're trying to solve here is is tackling and run defense and, and they've got the players to do it. So if they can force the Chargers to pass, things should start to tilt in the favor of that defensive line. Absolutely. And, and that's really the key because if the defensive line can do that, it's going to make life easier on this linebacking unit that is questionable, that is going to be a target. They're going to get targeted all Sunday at Eckler. Uh, it's going to be Keenan Allen over the middle. They're going to try to take advantage of those guys. Hunter Henry, that's the target. And so uh, it's going to be up to the defensive line and Von Bell, who's going to be roaming to really make an impact. And if they can do that, I feel good about Mackenzie Alexander, who's had to deal with Tyler Boyd for the past two months going up against Keenan Allen. He played Allen last year. Uh, he, he's familiar with him, and we know how great Allen is, but I think that that's a matchup that Alexander's not going to lock him down or anything, but I think he can hold his own. And if you can hold your own against Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who will be less than 100%, uh, is the second receiver, and there's no one really else at, at wide receiver, you feel good about the Bengals' matchups uh, in the secondary. So on the flip side, uh, offensively, this is all about the offensive line. Can you either one find a way to magically contain those those ends for the Chargers or two, get the ball out so quick and scheme around it to Mixon and Boyd and Ross in space and get Green involved and stretch that field out some. And you can stretch the field with speed and still be, you know, throwing quick passes. And, and I, I think that that's sort of the game it is one. Can you stop Eckler and stop the dink and dunk stuff that Tyrod Taylor is going to want to do? And two, Get the ball out of Burrow's hands, get him efficient, get him into a rhythm early. And that's probably uh, going to determine the game. I, I talked about coaching, and then, and then I think the, the other thing there, uh, and they kind of tie together, is that on offense, which quarterback is able to find these guys quick and early so those defensive lines can't impose their will. And the guy that can do that, I think, is going to uh, be feeling pretty good on Sunday night around 730. So what's the score? 
I have the Bengals in this disclaimer. If Geno plays, 97 has to play. I have the Bengals 20, the Chargers 70. Okay, and if Geno doesn't play? I'm going to flip it. I think okay. it'll be 20 to 17. Uh, Burrow isn't going to get blown out. He's not going to be overwhelmed because I've heard a couple people say that nationally over the past couple of days. That ain't happening. He's not going to be overwhelmed. But uh, and, and it might be silly to flip the score because of Geno, but I think whoever dominates in the trenches wins this game, and Geno helps you do that. And if you don't have him, it's going to be much, much tougher. So there you go. Geno Atkins is a six-point swing. You heard it from James Rapine first. That's a prediction from the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'll tell you one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet. I'm going to be very interested to see the Bengals mix of plays. Last year, they threw the ball like 67% of the time, I, I think, at least when Andy Dalton was on the field. And with a rookie quarterback, I want to see how they use the run game. I want to see which scheme they go with for the run game, if it's the zone stuff that they couldn't get working last year, if they stick with the tosses and the pulls and the gap scheme that was starting to be more successful for them in the second half of the season. Of course, they're still going to run some zone, but I'm going to be interested to see what the, what the game plan is for the run game. How quick do they get it out? Joe Burrow said to be using his tight ends a ton in camp. Is there a lot of short underneath stuff against the cover three, especially with the tight ends that Joe Burrow is going to use? I kind of expect that. How much RPO do we see? How much do we see five guys in the pattern? How much do we see play action deep shots? I want to see AJ Green and John Ross somehow get deep, find a way to take a shot against this cover three. And maybe, you know what? I will say this. If that doesn't happen in week one, it's because of the quality of the cornerbacks in, in, in Los Angeles. And it's because of the scheme. They're, they're, not tr- they're trying to keep everything in front of them. Without Derwin James, though, I think there's a chance there. there there's a vulnerability there that could be exploited. So th- those are the things that I'm watching when the Bengals have the ball, when the Chargers have the ball. If the Bengals can't get – if they can't win in the trenches in this game, that there's going to be cause for, for me to be concerned for the entire season because this is not a good offensive line from the Chargers. Those linebackers look totally lost. I mean, there's some time that they can learn. I, I, I will give them that, but I will be concerned. Watching that linebacker rotation, too, could be pretty interesting. Those are the things I'm watching for. I also see it right now as a tight game, the way I think a lot of week ones are going to be around the league as teams are getting to know each other and the the talent gap isn't necessarily as pronounced. And I can totally see that 20-17 to score. I've actually heard that from a few people now. We'll get back to you on Sunday after the game. The Bengals will have played football. And I may have watched the game twice or three times by the time you hear my voice next. Until then, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.